to their screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast. I am one of your hosts, uh, Dave. I'm joined by the other host, Ike. Ike, how the hell are you? I am uh, superfluous. I think that's a word. Uh, I don't know. I guess it is now. But, uh, <laughs> well, I, on the other hand, am very non-superfluous. I am, I am not feeling well. So uh, we're going to battle through because, you know what, I'm a trooper like that. But uh, Ike is going to have to tag in a little more often to take a little more of the helm here in a bit. But that's OK. Uh, I'll still be here for, you know, my stupid ass shit that I had. Dave's so, uh, got the bubonic plague. Just letting uh, everybody know. Perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> I've got to. I, you know, I've, <laughs> I've got my iron lung on order, but no supply chain issues just held up. So, <laughs> but it'll be here at some point in time. I, that's a terrifying thought to me. I could not. I couldn't. Uh, I'm literally, if they tried to put me in one of those things, I'd be like, eh, just let me die. I, I'm just <laughs> not doing that. that. That's too close to being like buried alive. I, I mean, I think your head sticks out. Or I don't know how it works, but it, yeah, I, your, I can't. Your, your head would stick out of it. But I, I agree. I think you being enclosed in like a metal container yeah, does just, not doesn't fit well. No, I don't know if I can handle that kind of containment. That just that's ooh, that's terrifying to me. I do not like that at all. So thank you for joining us for this episode and make sure wherever you listen that you subscribe to us and then make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Letterboxd. Just look up Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two and Screams. Uh, special thanks to our wives and our researchers, uh, Monica and Kayla, who uh, today you guys will hear from for the first time later when our inaugural segment called Wives Rebuttal. Uh, they, Isaac, Monica and Kayla will be joining us, and they are going to counter our review of Skinamarink. So you have that to look forward to in a little bit. As always, this is a movie review podcast, so we discuss movies, uh, and in the process of doing that, we may spoil plot points, etc. You have been warned. So, Ike, now that we're back and we're in our routines and our grooves, what have you been up to? Have you watched anything? Um, honestly, I haven't watched much. Um, I don't know. I, I, like, I feel like I, when I got back from vacation, I, I hit the ground running, watched a bunch of stuff and then like completely dropped off. Um, <laughs> I am caught up on the last of us. I will say that. Um, and I also, uh, have started replaying the last of us Two. Um, so, cause, uh, for everybody, I don't know, uh, actually, I don't think it's in our news, but I'm just going to bring it up now. The last of us did get greenlit for season two, um, which yeah. is pretty awesome. So, uh, I wanted yeah. to go ahead and play the second game. So that way I'd be preemptively ready. <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't, I, I, like I said, I've been sick. I've been feeling good. Monica has been sick. So I've been, well, before I was sick, I was taking care of her. So I didn't, I haven't watched much of anything either. Just some comfort shows here and there and. I'm behind on several things. I will get caught up at some point, but not really much to speak of this week, unfortunately. Uh, outside of our movie that we are reviewing today, which is The Outwaters, I did watch that, uh, so we will be talking about that here in a little bit. But before we do that, we have to play our game. We have to play Top 3. Top 3. <laughs> All right, on this episode... We are going to discuss our top three favorite vampire movies. And uh, this was a tough one to do because I do like vampire movies. And uh, I don't think my top three is going to surprise anybody at all that knows me. Uh, I think <laughs> when they hear them, they'll be like, yep, that sounds like Dave. Absolutely. Uh, maybe the order. Who knows? But Ike, uh, are you ready to discuss uh, the uh, the old neck biters and your top three favorite vampire movies? Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you want to, I can go ahead and knock her out first. 
Go ahead. Tell us what your number three is. Um, let me preface this by saying that I 100 percent don't. I, I, I genuinely think that you and I will probably have no crossover or maybe one crossover. Um, I, maybe. I, maybe one, maybe <laughs> yeah. one. There's one because that could be, but the other, the other two, I, I, I severely doubt it. I, I do, too, because I, I have a feeling that I have a couple ideas of what you're going to put on yours. But in any case, um, my number three um, is let uh, let let me in. It's called let me in. Um, there is a a the original version, I should say, of this film was called Let the Right One In. Um, and I believe it's Polish, but they remade it in the U.S. called Let Me In as Chloe Grace Moretz. It's an older movie. I think it's probably 2008 ish. Um, but basically it tells the story of a little girl who is a vampire. She is perpetually young. Um, and basically it talks about, I realistically just the, her experiences as a vampire, uh, her caretaker is an elderly man who is very protective of her. Um, and you know, there are some kind of ups and downs and some weird things that happen, but all in all, it's a really good movie. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's like I say, it has some kind of you know controversial topics in it you know uh since she's an immortal vampire you know it they kind of touch on some i guess some controversial ideas but it, it really is sort of a an interesting take on vampires it's not your traditional like dracula type movie it's about kids it's about childhood um but also vampires so <laughs> uh, so have you ever seen that one i have not have not seen it so it is definitely not on my list but uh <laughs> no, sounds sounds intriguing. Is the is the title "Let Me In" is that a play on the uh, the old mythology of you have to, a vampire has to be invited into a home? Or it, it has, yeah, it one hundred percent is because in the movie there is a scene where um the basically the 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 protagonist is like a young boy. The young boy doesn't invite the uh, vampire in, but the vampire comes in anyways because the boy's like, I'm not gonna tell you to come in, just enter. You know what I mean? Doesn't give her permission, but says just enter the room, you know, and she does. And she starts like bleeding from all of her orifices and like, it's kind of weird, but anyways, it, it does touch on that a lot about like sort of those um, tropes of vampires from days past, if you will. <laughs> yeah. So no, that didn't make my top three because I have not seen that yet. I'll have to watch that in the future. My number three is a, a very fun movie, a very, a, a very enjoyable movie for me from 1985. It is fright night. And uh, oh. <laughs> this uh, this is absolute. Uh, well, how do I put it? This is absolute some of Dave's favorite cheese right here. And um, the uh, the old uh, kid thinks that his, his neighbor's a vampire and turns out to be true, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the, the key in all this is 1985, because, yes, it, you can tell this movie was made in 1985. But it uh, it is fun. It is enjoyable. Uh, it has some some um, some humor in it that I, you know, maybe because of my age, I enjoy. Uh, but uh, it definitely was a top three favorite vampire movie uh, for me. I, have you ever seen Fright Night? Uh, there, 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 it was remade later. Uh, but yeah. have, you, have you seen either of them? So I've actually not seen either of them. Um, I was actually looking at the cast list for the remake, and it's got some pretty top dollar names like Anson Yelchin, Colin Farrell, David Tennant, Tony Collette. Yeah. I mean, Dave Franco. Damn. But no, I've actually not seen either of these. I have heard of Fright Night. I just have never seen it. Um, but it does sound like something I would enjoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is a fun movie. Again, uh, a movie from my childhood that I very much enjoyed. So it made it the list at number three for me, uh, which brings us to number two. Like, what is your number two favorite vampire movie? 
my numero dos is a fun little movie called Stakeland. So Stakeland is also sort of a um, not-so-typical vampire movie. Uh, Basically, it takes place in a world where vampires, it's more of a virus. Um, Basically, there's sort of like this illness that goes around that turns people into like vampire creatures. Um, and it's really interesting just because of how they approach the concept. Um, basically it's like, I would, it's basically like a zombie apocalypse movie, but imagine that the vampire, the zombies are vampires and like the zombie virus is a vampire virus. Um, it's honestly a really cool movie. They actually made two of them. I've not actually seen the second one, but I've heard good things, but Stakeland, um, it's, I believe it's on Netflix. It's from 2010. Um, it, it honestly, it's everything that you love about vampires, the mythology, the how vampires operate. But it gives the added twist that it's not like a normal vampire. It's not just like a oh suck your blood vampire. It's a if one of these vampires bites you, you're gonna turn into a vampire as well, and it's you're kind of screwed. So really good. Interesting. See, it's another movie then that I would have to watch. I've never, never even heard of Steak Lamp. I am sorry to say, so uh, I have definitely not seen it. So then, therefore, it's not on my top three. Um, <laughs> but uh, the number two here, which uh, my number two, which might surprise some people because uh, some people might have thought this might have, might have been my number one. because But it is my number two favorite vampire movie, but it is my absolute favorite portrayal of the Dracula character. And it is from 1931. Dracula uh, with Bella Lugosi. Uh, this movie is is beautiful. It is gorgeous. I, I absolutely love watching it to this day. And uh, again, when I you know all the 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 cliche vampire looks, you know the the widow's peak hair, the, the slick back, the the fangs, the 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 cape, the the pendant around the neck, and and everything else, those those all derive from this movie. Uh, and it, I mean this thing, you know, it, it shaped uh, vampires and pop culture. Uh, to this day and forever, uh, it is a, a wonderful, wonderful movie. Uh, one of those movies that I've seen, I don't even know how many times, has so much nostalgia because it was one a movie that I watched so much as a child. And again, it might su- surprise some people. Some people might have thought that this would be my, you know, knowing my love of the Universal Monsters, that this was my, my would be would have been my number one. But nope, it is number two for me, although Bela Lugosi is my favorite uh, portrayal of Dracula. So that is my number two. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I was gonna say I I I've seen the the Belagosi's Dracula. It's obviously fantastic. Um, it didn't quite make my top three, but yeah, I mean, honestly, it's I would say it's probably one of the I, like like you said, Belagosi is probably one of my favorite portrayals. I do like Christopher Lee a lot. Yes, his yeah. portrayal is also fantastic of uh, Dracula, and I'm also very excited to see Nicolas Cage's portrayal of Dracula too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that'll be but, interesting. Uh, it will be, but absolutely. Now, Dracula, it's classic. Like you said, it's the you know the Universal monsters. It's, you know, Bela Lugosi. It's literally probably I would say the one of the more paramount films of our time. Uh, you, you know, it's incredibly important not only just for horror movies in general, but the concept of vampires. Vampires, you know, it, that was the first, and it, realistically, that was the first. Obviously, you had like Nosferatu, but yeah. Dracula is like the cliche of all vampires. <laughs> it is. I don't. You know, it is clearly one of the movies that have had, has had the most pop culture impact of yeah. all time. Because, like I said, um, all you know, all those things when you see the Halloween costumes and everything else, 
you know, that you see on the store racks and, 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 and in the cartoons and, and everything that was all, that, that all derives from this look, the look of Bella Lugosi, um, you know, in this movie. So, and, uh, it, it, it you know, goes on to this day. It'll go on forever. Uh, that, you know, that's just the way it'll be. It is, you know, your, your stereotypical vampire look, uh, was, you know, instigated by Bella Lugosi and, uh, a true master. So that brings us to our number one. So Ike, what is your number one favorite vampire movie? Absolutely. And I, I, this was honestly kind of a hard list to make because there were a lot of good vampire movies that I have seen. Um, but I think my favorite one is going to have to be 30 Days of Night. Um, uh, yeah, that almost made my list. I do love that movie. Oh, yeah. So uh, I, I so OK. So 30 Days of Night, it, in my opinion, it kind of approaches like this weird, like old world style vampire because these vampires are supposedly very old in 30 days of night and these vampires they come in uh, to alaska specifically while there are 30 days of night and they terrorize the alaskan town and i like the idea of 30 days of night because alaska is sort of like this very mysterious place because like if you look up like stuff about alaska you're gonna see a lot of stuff about like mysterious disappearances mysterious animal attacks you know, UFO sightings. I mean, there are so many crazy things that have happened in like Alaska and specifically like, like just paranormal stuff like this and supernatural stuff. So um, anything set in Alaska, in my opinion, it's, it's very interesting. It's very cool. So 30 days of night, it, it plays up on that part of the horror kind of mythology that I like, but it also plays up on vampires um, the vampires are not in like, you know, they're not invincible. They're hard. To, they are harder to kill, but but they are still like, you know, mortal. They're not like immortal creatures. Um, but yeah, absolutely. 30 Days a Night, probably my favorite, one of my favorite, if not my favorite of um, like those kind of like creature movies in a way, um, just because got to love it. Got to love those vampires. Yeah, yeah, it is. A, it is a good movie. It almost like I said, almost made the top three. Um, but you know, the, the three that I picked have a little more nostalgia for me. Right. And, uh, but when I, when I was thinking my favorites, there was a, number one was locked in from the get go. There was no doubt what my favorite vampire movie of all time, a movie that I just, I love to watch and I will rewatch it all the time from 1987. My favorite vampire movie is the lost boys. Mm. And it is such a great movie. I love everything about it. I love Kiefer Sutherland. I love the two Corys in it. I love, you know, with the, the, the frog brothers, <laughs> And, 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 you know, the one Corey and whatever the other kid's name is. I don't know who he is off the top of my head. Um, it is it's, it's such a great movie, such a fun movie. Um, it, again, it is so 80s, which plays right into my hand. Uh, I, I absolutely love that. But uh, it is one of those movies that, you know, when I saw it, I, it just made an impression on me uh, because to me, it's one of the first. There might have been others, but one of the first movies that I remember or I recall that made vampires seem kind of cool. Right. They did. They weren't just these. These old creepy guys that, you know, lived in coffins and this and that, they were they were kind of hip and kind of rough around the edges and kind of those those badass, you know, kind of guys that, you know, mortal men would look at me like, oh, man, I wish I was, you know, fucking like that. And uh, so it, it had that old, you know, they were getting, you know, they got the girls and they, they partied and they, they did all these things and did whatever they want. And uh, I love that. And, uh, you know, everybody knows I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Supernatural show. I, I think. The Lost Boys and their portrayal of vampires played heavily into how vampires were portrayed in that in that series. Uh, I, I very much see that that carryover, and uh, you know, in that, uh, especially the early on when we first see vampires and there's this pack, 
that they're they're hunting and that with when you know in the show when their dad's still alive and it's it is literally <laughs> like they're a copy of the, the the lost boys uh vampires you know they just they partied all night and slept all day and drank and, and terrorized and everything else it was it was great so uh, the lost boys just an absolute classic to me and my favorite vampire movie of all time mike what do you think of the lost boys Absolutely. I, I love The Lost Boys. Um, it's actually been a little while since I've seen it, so I do need to go back and watch it. But um, now, absolutely. The Lost Boys definitely it, it plays into, I would say, a more modern take of the vampire trope. Um, it, it's not this, you know, the, the vampires living in castles or the vampires, you know, it, it, it's definitely a more modern because they're like on the beach or something like that. Because if I remember, there's like surfers and stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's definitely kind of a cool adaptation of like that classic vampire story. And, and it's unique because like you said, it, it very much sticks out in my mind as not your typical vampire movie. Um, and like you said, you have the quarries and, you know, of course, Kiefer Sutherland, he can't, can't, can't beat a, uh, eighties Kiefer Sutherland. He looks so different Absolutely. with like that bleached <laughs> hair and like, Oh, I love it. But yeah, obviously yeah. I love the lost boys. Can't, can't go wrong with the lost boys absolutely such a great movie i just rewatched it not too long ago just a few weeks ago uh, just prior to vacation i just got the I, I i do that every every i don't know every couple months or so i rewatch it i absolutely love the movie so that is it that is our top three favorite vampire movies from each of us so we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we will have uh, all the news and upcoming releases so stick around remember in the course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. And welcome back. It's your boy. It's Ike. Ike's giving you the news today. He's giving you the business. So <laughs> we're just going to jump in right here. Nothing too crazy today. Nothing super lengthy. But uh, we have a couple of uh, cool birthdays. Uh, you got the uh, February 17th is Joseph Gordon-Levitt from Halloween H2O. Uh, among other things, you know, Batman and all kinds of Third stuff. Third Rock from the Sun. Third Rock from the Sun. Don John. I mean, come on. Plenty of plenty of great movies Joseph Gordon-Levitt's been in. Um, we also have February 19th, Millie Bobby Brown, who is uh, from Stranger Things fandom and uh, – uh, what was the movie she was in? The uh, Nola Holmes movies. I know those have been uh, pretty good successes oh, yeah. of hers. Yeah. Um, among other things, of course. Um, and unfortunately, in memoriam, we have uh, Raquel Welch, uh, an actress in Hammer's uh, One Million BC. Um, I'm not familiar with Raquel Welch uh, personally, but uh, uh, Dave, yeah, she, if uh, you want to go ahead. <laughs> yeah, she. Uh, we're, we're recording on February 15th right now. She she just the news just broke today. That she passed away. I don't know if it, she passed away today or yesterday or what it was, but the news just broke today. Raquel Welch, um, again, she's been in she was she's been in lots, right? She had the bit parts and everything else because she was <laughs> she is one of those actresses that was absolutely known for her looks and her sex appeal, and she was one of those that um, that was just was everywhere, right? Like Farrah Fawcett in the '70s, you know, where every boy had that poster. Of her and, and, you know, and Bo Derek into the 80s and everything Raquel Welch was that she was the one that, you know, every boy had, a you know, something taped up on her wall of, of Raquel Welch. And um, like I said, she was in, you know, Hammer's One Million B.C. She's been in lots of things, um, nothing over the top, hugely successful or whatever else. But she's an iconic, iconic actress and uh, uh, everything else. And uh, it's uh, it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, you know, every time you know someone passed away like this, you know, it's it's one of those. I don't know. It's weird. It's like you, I haven't thought about Raquel Welch in forever, right? You just don't. 
you know, no, you know, she's re- yeah, re- retired, probably didn't do a lot of appearances and everything else. And then she passed away and you're just like, man, that you know, that sucks. And uh, so, yeah. So, uh, you know, thoughts to her family and, and her, her fans and everything else. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so in terms of upcoming releases, uh, we have two, <laughs> two, two interesting releases. I, I think this is probably going to be the most contradictory <laughs> releases I've ever read in my life. Um, so we have Winnie Pooh, Blood and Honey, um, yeah. which is, <laughs> I guess, uh, depending on how you want to read it, it's either fortunate or very unfortunate. Uh, but it is in theaters to now, currently. Um, it follows Pooh and Piglet, who have now become feral and bloodthirsty murderers who embark on a murderous rampage as they terrorize a group of young <laughs> university women and an adult Christopher Robin when he returns to the 100-acre wood uh, five years later after leaving for college. Well, that's incredibly unfortunate, but uh, this film did go into production when Winnie the Pooh entered public domain in January of 2022. It is written, directed, and produced by Rees Frake Waterfield, and he has already talked about making a sequel as well as horror adaptations of Peter Pan and Bambi. Wow. So yeah. uh, we're reviewing this uh, next week, I believe, which will be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm all about it because here's the thing. I, I'm either going to love this or I'm going to hate it because this to me on the surface, this is going to this sounds fun. Right. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love Winnie the Pooh. Right. I have a nostalgic place in my heart for Winnie the Pooh. And and the innocence and the and the and the you know the, the the wonderfulness of it and that's okay. My thing is something like this doesn't change that for me, right? That's that's compartment A. I'm okay with compartment B, where there's a different telling, right? Because right. I I because I, I I'm also the same way with like the grim stories, right? Everybody talks about all the Disney movies and the the bedtime stories and you know and the Sleeping Beauties and the Cinderellas. Everything, yeah, okay. Every single one of those <laughs> they were horror. And, and graphic stories by the Grimm brothers well before the Dis- they were Disney-fied. So right. I'm okay with the with doing that in reverse, and, and like they did with the mean one, with the Grinch one, the movie, and, and everything else. I'm okay. Let's see what happens here, because I think it can be fun. If it's done right, now, it's either going to be fun and enjoyable, or it's going to come across poor and cheesy. And yeah. uh, overly cheesy. I like cheesy. But, you know, it, 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 it just depends. But uh, I'm anxious to see it, and to, and to see, because I think this could very much be a, a new genre of horror that I could very much get into and enjoy. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how it's, you know, how, how it parlays over. And like you said, we're, we're going to, we plan to review this next episode and I'm very much looking forward to going to seeing it. I, I've, I've waited for this for a long time because, you know, we've been talking about this for a while and the, the release date keeps getting pushed and pushed and pushed and everything else, but it's, it's, it's officially out now. So. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, and like you said, I, I'll I'll be interested to see it. I'm going to go into it with an open mind, but I I am obviously very skeptical. Um, it's a it's a very thin ice that they're treading on. I'll just say that. Um, with that in mind, there's also another um, honestly stellar movie title, uh, The Resurrection of Charles Manson. You heard that right. <laughs> it is on demand and digital now. Um, so basically, a couple is editing a Charles Manson movie in an Airbnb. The film's dark events begin to come true in the mysterious plot of a hidden leader. Uh, it is starring Frank Grillo, uh, who is from Purge, and uh, he's uh, Brock Rumlow from uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, he, I can't remember. It was Winter Soldier and yes, Crossbones. Uh, that was, yeah, that Crossbones. He, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. something. Something. He was. Cross. He was the. Uh, the agent that was in the shield that kind of double crossed Captain America and everything, didn't he? Yeah, the, he was with, a Hydra the, the Hell Hydra. Yeah, yeah. 
Yep. So, um, so Frank cool. Grillo's in this. Uh, Jamie King, which I sounds familiar, but it looks like Jamie King's from My Bloody Valentine in the Spirit. Um, and it's also, which is really cool, directed by Remy Grillo, which is Frank's son. So that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't, I don't, I haven't heard anything about this. I don't know what to make of it. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I'd give it a watch to see what it is. Again, this uh, to me, this is one of those movies that's either gonna, it's, I don't know, I'm either gonna love it or I'm gonna hate it. I think. And uh, so we'll see at some point in time uh, what I think of that. So I'll watch it at some point. So Resurrection of Charles Manson is it's just such a wonderful movie title. Like, you know, I, I never thought that I would ever hear those words. It is. It is definitely one of those titles when I hear it and I'm like, huh, OK, what's that? You know, it's, it peace made. Uh, there's something about I don't know. Charles Manson has become a, a character. Yeah. Right. I mean, outside of the person himself, there's so many characters of him and, and what it, you know what he was and and everything else it's it's it's, it's kind of odd um so i don't know we'll see I, i'm curious how how this film approaches you know the topic and what it does it's it's weird to me i, I was gonna say i don't know why but when you said you know who he was i was gonna say you know rest in peace but i i, I rescind that thought and yeah, statement no, no. um yeah. rest in hell maybe but anyways <laughs> Anyhow, so that's pretty much it for news today. Um, I think next we have the Wives Rebuttal, so stick around. Wives Rebuttal. All right, and here we go. This is the first uh, installment of what we are calling Wives Rebuttal. And basically, Ike, what this is, is we have Isaac and – or excuse me, we <laughs> <laughs> we have Kayla and Monica joining us, and uh, they they have this novel idea that they're going to come on, and they are going to counter one of our reviews. So basically, like, what they're going to do is they're going to come on here, and they're going to try to tell us why we're wrong. And um, we know how that's going to go, but you know what? <laughs> it should be entertaining nonetheless. So without any further ado, I will first introduce your wife, Ike, uh, Kayla. Kayla, welcome to the show. Thanks. <laughs> wow, the enthusiasm already. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I'm joined by here we go. The temperature's about to pick up. Here we go. I'm joined by my wife Monica. Hello, dear. Hi, sweetie. And I just want to point out that when you're married to Ike, you're not used to being able to get any words in. Hey now. <laughs> well, okay. So Old raspy over there. It's sound like you're smoking forty packs a day. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots of lots of sickness in this household. She Monica's coming off pneumonia, but she's a uh, she's plowing through because she wouldn't pass up an opportunity to come on and argue. True, so. true, true. And re- remind the two of you how wrong you are. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll remember that in the future. Just remember that. I'm put, I'm putting that in the quiver for when I need to pull that arrow out and you want something. Just so you know. Which is all the time, every day. So, anyway, this is the wise rebuttal. Then this is where uh, about once a month you're gonna, you guys are gonna come on and uh, you're going to counter one of our reviews, and you have chosen for this first one to counter Skinamarink. Um, Let me get to my notes here for Skinamarink. Skinamarink is available on AMC Plus and Shutter. And uh, when Ike and I reviewed it, we enjoyed it. We thought it was very tense, suspenseful, creepy, and we gave it four out of five screams. Which apparently you two disagree with. So we're going to give you the floor and go ahead and, and tell us then why you think we are wrong on our review of Skinamarink. 
How long's the podcast again? You don't have that long. This is a brief segment. Just get to the point. Well, you know. And remember, Kayla's here, too. Don't hog all the airtime. I was getting ready to say, I don't know how Kayla feels. Because I think the four screams would be appropriate if it's out of, like, 100. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, that's not an argument though. That's just <laughs> you're you're not even supporting your statement whatsoever. Oh, okay. So that was that was just my thesis. Okay. <laughs> that was just your thesis. Here here's my that's support her, of your... that. Okay. That's my ahead. opening statement. That's my opening statement of fact. Because here's the deal. These are first of all, let's I can you know what? Horror movies are horror movies. You you have to suspend a little reality, okay? We all know that Jason, you <laughs> know, and Mike Myers and <laughs> all that stuff. But there there has to be, in a good horror movie, a kernel of truth. And there is no truth in a four-year-old and a six-year-old waking up in the middle of the night and not being freaked out. When When my oldest would, like, turn around and I wasn't in the room he would freak out when he was four so So, okay so your whole basis for not liking the movie is because the kids didn't freak out well there's that there's that then the entire movie there's like all of this logic that's happening between a four-year-old and a six-year-old you know let's push the sofa over here to keep the bad out let's sleep down here and watch cartoons these are all logic-based decisions that four-year-olds and six-year-olds don't have four-year-olds and six-year-olds literally it is i want to eat i want to poop and i want to play and if it doesn't fall in one of those three it's not happening See, I kind okay. of agree there. I When we were watching it, um, I would ask Isa, I was like, why are the kids not screaming? Or why aren't they scared? Because if I was in that situation, I would be. I I mean, you're how old are you, Kayla? 25. Okay. Oh, my God. I am literally twice <laughs> your age right now. I'm 50. <laughs> if I wake up tomorrow and the doors and windows are gone, I am freaking out the hell out exactly okay. i mean if, oh, well, if i yeah. if i may because i mean and obviously i'm not trying to be argumentative because everybody has the right to their own opinion but if i remember correctly the the parents were still alive at the beginning of this like the dad was alive for the beginning and he basically comforted them and was like you know everything will be all right so it, i guess in my opinion if they have this like predisposition that everything's going to be okay and, and also you have to imagine that if you're stuck in this situation it could be like a trauma response i mean it's not unheard of that that a kid basically just goes with the flow because i mean their brain is so overloaded that they're just like i'm just going to try and do what i would normally do which is kind of like the the theme here is that they're just trying to find normalcy when there is none you might not a four-year-old and a six-year-old four-year-olds and six-year-olds pee down their leg when they meet like the santa claus in the mall or the easter bunny in the mall and that's with mom and dad right there with them 
And mom and dad were not with them at the beginning of this. No, because they woke up and and dad was gone. That was like the whole point. Yeah. Mom was never there. But didn't they just think dad was upstairs in the bedroom? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they They went in the bedroom and called for him, didn't they? They went and then he wasn't there and they still didn't freak out. I I, I, again, I, I I don't know. It it, it kind of to me what it what it comes across as it, it come kind of comes across as a kid. You know, when you're a kid, you you try and justify things. You try and make things make sense. Because I remember when I was a kid, it, you know, if if I didn't understand something, I I basically made up an understanding in my head. You know what I mean? I I, I like for instance, this is just an example. For a long oh, time, ought, when I was, this ought to be good. This will be good. <laughs> when I was a kid, I didn't understand how cars moved. Like I didn't understand <laughs> the internal combustion engine. Oh, so no. in my brain, I'm thinking like, okay, I don't know how this car is moving. So in my head, how I justified that the car was moving was that because I saw the pedals. I thought they're hitting the pedals and that's like it's it's like a bicycle. They're they're hitting the pedals. It's like the Flintstones. So oh yeah. So and so in my head I justified, hey, this is this is how cars work. I had no clue what a fucking <laughs> in, internal combustion engine was. Oh, I thought oh, I thought my, my mom and dad were fucking uh, Fred Flintstone in this shit. So <laughs> in my so I guess if you take that into consideration, these kids are going to try and justify that everything's okay until they can no longer justify it but i mean if you think about it kids have are are, are very kids are very 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 strong like their mental fortitude the, the kids aren't given enough credit when it comes to that i mean you look at kids again who are in traumatic scenarios they're able to recover relatively well because you know they're they do they bounce back well now wow. you know what i mean there are literally about 30 million children currently in therapy right now that are going to tell you you're full of shit. Well, but that's the thing is that they have therapy. They're going to do it. I, I went to therapy. I'm fine. How, how are they going <laughs> to have therapy? There's no door or window for the therapist to get in. But what I'm saying is that in the moment, they have that sort of fortitude to push themselves through it. They have the imagination to try and justify whatever's going on. And try and say everything's going to be okay. Because to me, that's what the movie's about. The movie is about, as a child, the links that you will go to to try and justify that something is okay. The links that you'll go to as a child to try and find that normalcy. Uh, that's what I think the movie is partially about, is that child wonderment in the, in the brain of a child. Okay, hold on. It, hold on. That's what you think this movie was about? It's about a lot of things, but I do think that that's part of it. I think that part of it is when put into a scenario like this, how would a child react? You know what I mean? And obviously this isn't going to be every child. Every child acts differently. But in this scenario, I think that's part of it. I think that part of it is, you know, it really depends on how you want to look at it. If you want to look at a more literal interpretation, I think that they're in purgatory for some reason. I think that's where the movie takes place. Okay, so... I feel like you and I watch two different movies because it clearly is this movie is that Kevin, when he fell and hit his head, that he is either languishing in a coma or he it has died and is stuck in the veil. 
But one, you know, I, I don't think this is about the strength of a child. I think, you know, the toilet disappears and things are on the ceiling. I mean, this is clearly where, where reality and, and is losing touch or parts of his brain is dying from whatever that head injury was. So if, if I may, if you believe that he's in a comatose state, then it would not be beyond the, the realm of reasoning and rationale that a child in a comatose state would not act how a typical child would in this scenario, would they not? Okay, and I agree there. Had this movie been made in a way that it is clear that that was the direction it was going. I don't, when you write a movie, I can be like, okay, so here's my movie. And at the beginning in a voiceover, you hear, yeah, and I, I think I told the nanny that Kevin's allergic to peanut butter. And then you go all through the movie and all this craziness happens. And at the end you find out that, oh my God, the nanny let him have a peanut. That's, I mean, that's what this movie was. It's And except for at the end of this one, they didn't tell you that he had the damn peanut. I mean, right. uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was just going to say, I, I think ambiguity is part of what made this movie good. I, I mean, obviously, I know that's not everybody's cup of tea. I know that a lot of people, how they're, and, and I think Kayla would probably agree with this. Um, and I'll, so I'll say what I'll say, and then I'll let her kind of elaborate. Um <laughs> But basically, a lot of people, they, they want conclusion. They, they want a solidified ending. And I know that was something that Kayla mentioned, which is part of the reason why she didn't like it either. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I didn't get a good ending. And it never caught me because it was never, like, clear what was actually happening, you know? Right. And I just, I don't enjoy movies like that, personally. Right. And and I think that that's that's important that because um, even me and Kayla, we've talked we talked about this, um, you know, at, at some length, you know, this movie was bound to be a very divisive movie. We, we both we both said this. I was yeah. like, you're either going to love this or you're going to fucking hate it. And and not not that you guys hate it, per se, but you guys clearly didn't enjoy it to the extent that, you know, Dave and I did. You guys did it. Right. You, you hated it. But <laughs> but like, you know, but Kaylee even told me she's like, I wish that there was like another like 10 minutes of the movie that just explained everything because I need that explanation to. Enjoy yeah, it. I agree. Like when you said the whole like if they were in a coma or something, if it would have ended with that explanation, like a hospital I, beeping yeah, or something. Like, yeah. I think right. I would have enjoyed it more. Mm. I would have not hated it if there had been any kind of hint of a resolution. Which is fair, which is fair. But, you know, like I said, you know, Dave and I, we've talked about this, too, how the ambiguity for me, the ambiguity made it scarier. The ambiguity was was the true terror, in my opinion, because you just there was no there was no like certainty as what was happening. I, you know, and something else is uh, the storyline in and of itself. I, I had trouble with and I didn't find it at all scary. I didn't find it even even any kind of scary. I honestly would not have even called that a horror movie myself. Maybe yeah. like a student film something. I don't know. I mean, I know it was only filmed for $15,000, but it looked like it was filmed on the very first video available on a flip phone. 
<laughs> I, again, I think it kind of plays into the, the art direction that it, it is an experimental film. And uh, the movie that, you know, we, me and Dave are actually reviewing today, um, it's honestly, it's the same as the Outwaters. You know, it's an experimental. It's because it, it's it's becoming a huge thing. I think I don't know if it was just like the honestly, I think the pandemic has spawned this like sort of surge of like experimental films. And I think that's what obviously Scandamarink is. It's experimental. Right. It's experimenting with a different, you know, film style. It's not explicitly a first person or a third person kind of view. You know, the angles and whatnot aren't centered on what's happening. It's centered on a moment, if you will. So I don't know. It, it, I definitely see why somebody wouldn't like this. If if I didn't go into this with the mindset that I did, I probably wouldn't have liked it either. <laughs> I, I think so. like Kayla, he's telling us that we had the incorrect mindset. No, I, I don't no. think that you guys have no, the no. incorrect mindset. You guys have, you, you have a very valid opinion. It's just, yes, these are opinions. Yeah. So like, like we do though, like we do at the, at the conclusion of every review, I got a feeling I know where this is going to go, but out of, out of five screams, then Monica, what would you rate it? I would rate it one scream but only if i get to scream because i'm banging my head on something <laughs> dang you, you could have just said one scream would have been good you don't have we don't need all that other <laughs> put a sock in it Siskel. all right <laughs> so all right so kayla out of five screams what would you have rated it i think a two i didn't hate it but i wouldn't rewatch it on purpose my question's this kayla you're in bed and (laughs) you were watching you were watching a movie right and that movie ends and you're comfy and you're cozy and every you know you're just in that sweet spot and then skinnamarink comes on and you realize the remote control is across the room (laughs) would you get out of your comfy zone to go get the remote and change it um yeah probably (laughs) yes (laughs) okay so so we gave it an average of four out of five screams you two gave it an average of one and a half out of five screams there's a definite description there what 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 i find the most humorous though is when i can i review and if we say oh it's just an okay movie we didn't hate it we give it a three that's yeah. kind of middle of the road for us. And Kato's like, well, I didn't hate it. I'll give it a two. I'm like, wow, man, they're a little, they're much more harsh than we are. I don't know if we've rated any, well, have we rated anything at two? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, maybe, 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 uh, maybe the movie that we shall not speak of. What? What's Halloween that? ends. Oh. Do no, not, no. do not no, make no, me no, come no, no. through this recording. We have, we had a, easy there. We've gone long enough here and you're starting to just, you're starting, this is wives rebuttal plural, not wife. So just yeah. calm down. <laughs> I, I, I see you, Ike. I will drive the three states to come see you. Uh, yeah, right. She won't drive across the town to get a gallon of milk. Don't <laughs> he's, he's not wrong. I have it delivered. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's going to wrap up this <laughs> inaugural segment of Wives Rebuttal. Um, I think we've, we've taken enough of a hit here. Uh, <laughs> but again, as we always say, these are just opinions. So... Whatever. I don't guess we'll be watching this movie again with our wives anytime soon, Ike. Uh, I guess not. 
<laughs> so, Monica and Kayla, thank you for joining us, I guess, and uh, and coming on and whatever. But I do believe the takeaway from all this is, regardless of anything else, is that once upon a time, Ike thought the Flintstones were real. <laughs> that, is, that is what we all need to take from this. All I can picture is Ike as a kid in the backseat of a car looking out, thinking that all the cars on the highway and interstate are being foot-powered like he saw Fred Flintstone do. And just for the record, as a Hanna-Barbera fan, that makes me very, very, very happy. So, Oh, Lord. All right, all right. So that's it. Thank you, Kayla and Monica, for joining us. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, Ike and I will be reviewing yet another movie, which, you know, might get a wiser battle in the future. Uh, today, we will be reviewing The Outwater, so stick around. Listen to Their Screams is now a Fangoria collaborator. Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code listen to screams at checkout. That is listen to number two and screams. Or you can click the link in the show notes. And welcome back to the welcome spooky. Back, welcome back. Welcome back. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Very good. Welcome back to the spooky and yet fun review of the outwaters that's right that's the movie we watched this week we actually got this on an early screener um and we actually saw this uh prior to last week us recording i'm pretty sure we both watched it prior to recording our last episode which was cool Mm -hmm. um but just for some information for you the outwaters is currently available on screenbox a streaming service that i poorly very very poorly need to get a a subscription to uh Uh, so the movie is about four travelers who encounter a menacing phenomena while camping in a remote stretch of the Mojave Desert. Robbie Banfitch wrote, directed, and starred in this film. The music is tied to the fate of the characters throughout the film. The music is also diegetic, um, which means that it is heard by the characters in the movie as well, not just the viewer. Um, so I- I'll just jump in a little bit here, and then I'll let Dave kind of hop in where he wants to. But uh, – the Outwaters, um, it, it kind of uh, – we talked about this a little bit during the uh, Wives' rebuttal, um, but The Outwaters, to me, it, it's very reminiscent of that sort of um, experimental filmmaking that we kind of saw with Skinnamarink. Um, honestly, I, I, I feel sort of a surge of films that are going to fall into like this experimental idea, this experimental genre, if you will. Um, and I think that Skinnamarink and the Outwaters is just two of many to come. Uh, but the Outwaters, um, you know, was, was a very interesting movie. Um, as we mentioned, it's a, it's a story of people going into the desert. If I remember correctly, they're shooting a music video, um, which was their original purpose and, and intent of going into the Mojave Desert. And Basically, there is just a bunch of really crazy shit that happens, and uh, the movie it really relies on, I would say, the sound that is happening. Um, it really relies on some very uh, interesting visuals, a lot of uh, a lot of blood in this movie. I, I gotta say, um, it gets past a certain point, and, and essentially everything's covered in blood, <laughs> uh, both yeah. people and ground and. Yeah, it, it was one of those movies that I watched um, that I needed to watch again, truthfully. I watched it the first time, and I I need to watch it again just because I feel like I had to have missed something. It was it, it was like Skinnamarink. I had to watch Skinnamarink twice before I really felt like I understood it. Um, 
But nonetheless, I enjoyed this movie. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I actually quite enjoyed Outwaters. It was it was interesting. It was experimental. It was ethereal. Um, it had a lot going for it. And I think upon my second viewing, I'll probably like it more. Um, but uh, before I get too far deep into my thoughts, uh, what did you think of the movie, Dave? Well, <laughs> I did not enjoy it. This is <clears throat> here's the thing. There was parts. There were parts I liked. There were aspects I liked. This is again. This is this is you know, in a vague way, it's a found footage, right? It, it clearly right. is. It is uh, from the perspective of uh, storage, you know, storage media that these uh, the, the one guy's a filmmaker, photographer slash photographer, I believe, who's making the video, who's documenting all, the entire trip because the one girl is a singer, right? She and uh, it, I, I'm assuming she's recording an album or has recorded an album, whatever it may be. And uh, there were it looks I think there was three, three media cards of his and it, yeah. it, the way they play it's like they're they're evidence right police evidence and they're just it's like so we're just seeing it in order without you know anything else to to tie it all together right which is okay and, and the way it's filmed and laid out it does work it does develop the characters and um it, it, it does make you somewhat interested in the in the characters um i will say the 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 girl that was the singer i i, I liked her I liked her character. They kept talking about her mom and how she missed her mom. I don't know what that had to do with the movie, though. It, I, I thought maybe it would tie back later. It'd be a more important part, but it, it really didn't. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Right. It, I don't know. Um, you know, the the one guy and girl just seemed. Well, the one guy was the camera mate, the filmmaker guy, and and, and the girls. They just seemed like they were kind of just there for the party, so to speak. And his girlfriend or whatever was very, very annoying. And uh, yeah. <laughs> she was just, I don't know, she was obnoxious and and, and whatever else. Uh, the one guy I assumed was the the singer's, I don't know if it was her, her boyfriend. They were, it was the filmmaker's brother um, in the movie. And, uh, but anyway, um, so we have talked about this so many times and my, my feelings on found footage and how I, I, I like what I like and then I hate what I don't like. And this to me, it fell on the wrong side. It, it I don't know. It, it just, uh, I don't. It, it, it was that same old. And, and, and again, I, I know it's a lot of me and my feelings on found footage. It just, it, it felt like one of those that just blurred with other ones for for me. It didn't, it didn't stand out. Now there were there were parts, right? I, I the music being an important key was was nice. It was nice. I like that. The last ten minutes or so of the movie was some of the most uh, grotesque vividly <laughs> vivid stuff I've seen in a film in a while. And, and, you know, it looked like it was, you know, strolling out of terrifier two outtakes yeah. uh, there at the end of the movie. And, uh, and to be, to be Frank, <laughs> maybe it's just telling on me. That's what was my favorite part of the movie. Um, <laughs> and, um, and, and the thing is people are talking a lot about this movie and, and I'm hearing a lot of good things and I'm just, I don't know. I'm just not seeing it. Like you said, I, I felt like I missed something, and and I just don't think for me that seeing it again is going to solve that. I just like like what was brought up kind of in the wives' rebuttal. I I mean, we didn't get a lot of resolution here, and um and and I get that, and and, and I and sometimes I like that, and this one it was just it was too vague for me. I'm like I I I guess you're just supposed to take it at face value that there's just weird shit that happens in the desert, and that's fine. But I thought that was typically, you know, induced by dropping peyote and going out there and dancing around the cactuses. But I don't know what the fuck was this. I mean, the sounds and the animals going berserk and 
it was it is weird. And I and I know in found footage you have to suspend some reality. But these people were going nuts. They were bloody. They were being injured, and the cameras were just they just kept rolling. And mm-hmm. I know you have a lot of times with these movies you have to suspend that. This just seemed like it went a little far with that. I I, I felt like maybe one of them, and maybe it did. Maybe he wasn't as bad off as I don't know. It just seemed to be lacking and quite a bit for me. And um, but again, I I do have I have a weird predisposition uh, against found footage films. I you know I I loved Blair Witch. I, I have a few others I liked. I loved Deadstream recently, which kind of and the VHS movies, which I felt like was turning me around a little on found footage. And then this one just I don't know. It felt like the old. I don't know. It just felt to me like a lot of the old found footage. It didn't feel very revolutionary to me. It didn't feel very, you know, groundbreaking. And and I don't know, maybe again, maybe it's just, it just could be purely my tastes, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't really enjoy it a lot. And uh, you know, it, it's weird because I feel like this is going to be like the first movie that you and I are not going to have the same rating for. I, 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 Cause I feel like we, 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 we both pretty much are, I would say, like 90% of the time movies we rate, we, we pretty much have, we're on the same wavelength, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I, I, I don't know. Cause I don't have that predisposition for uh, found footage movies. Um, you know, found footage movies are probably one of my favorite media formats for horror films. Um, just simply speaking, because of the found footage horror movies, um, you can really do, a lot less and it, and it makes sense, you know, with, with yeah. a lot of big theatrical productions. Um, if you tried to pull some of the, the practical effects and some of the practical things that you see in found footage movies, um, you would have a critically panned movie because you can't do some of those things that you would do in a found footage movie that you can do in like a high production movie. Um, with that being said, the, the, the movie, the outwaters, it, it kind of, like you said, it, it, I feel like the beginning had sort of like this weird slow build. And like by the time stuff started happening, this is probably my only criticism of this. This movie is almost two hours long. It could have been a lot shorter. Honestly, yeah. I think this could have been an hour long movie easily um, because there was a lot of buildup that really didn't need to be there. And there was a lot of wish washiness with yeah. all the weird stuff. Honestly, I think that had they maybe gone just like just all in on the weird shit and just went hard. It probably would have been a five out of five movie for me in a way, because the movie, the concept is great. The experimental filming is great. The soundtrack is great. Everything about this movie, in my opinion, was really good, except for that just boring as shit intro that I just felt like was unnecessary. Um, but in addition to that, um, you know, I, I do want to give a very uh, special, maybe, uh, I guess, trigger warning. Um, if you've listened this far, you know, this is a spoiler warning as well. But Dave mentioned some pretty gruesome shit in this movie. And, and I, <laughs> I have to mention that it was kind of creative, um, you know, I, that he finds a shark tooth in the desert. Uh, yeah. It was a shark tooth, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, and, and he proceeds to, to cut his own penis off um, in the desert. So <laughs> I, I definitely wasn't expecting that to happen. And, and then um, afterwards, he cuts a, into his stomach and uh, uh, his innards fall out. And he just kind of starts dragging them around. Yeah. Um, so it was very interesting on in how they did that, um, how it was done, the practical effects, you know, the prosthetics and everything. So uh, I will give them a very large credit for that, that that part was just it was completely it, it completely just 
what's the word, just blindsides you. You don't see yeah. that coming. You know what I mean? If I had a bingo card for this movie, I probably could have guessed some of the shit that was going to happen. Um, but male genitalia being cut off was not one of them. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I, I will give it that. It had some creativeness to it. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, the early part, it's like they they tried so hard to get us invested in the characters. Yeah. And and in a a normal type movie, maybe they could have. Right. But I felt like there wasn't a payoff for that. I just they they wanted us so invested in them and but then it's like I don't know I didn't feel like I didn't feel the emotional conclusion of that right I I felt like they could have I mean they could have condensed it down to five minutes and this is who they are this is what they're doing okay let's go and and it would have been the same results in the end and um I don't know I just again I, I I don't know it's it's almost like it's like it's a it's a found footage film, but it's like they they tried to take a, a feature film and shove it into a found footage film and tried to make it work, and it yeah. didn't. It didn't. They didn't. I don't know. It 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 didn't work, right? I think I I think their approach to telling the story was wrong, and how much they tried to invest us in the characters early on was was wrong and unneeded. And I think I think it could have got to the got to the bit. And, and to me, this it feels like, and, and it, I'm sure it wouldn't have played into the, the the way the movie was laid out with watching these media cards or whatever. But this movie would have worked to me, perhaps, with a little backward storytelling, right? A little let's yeah. jump towards the end and then let's go back and and tell a little how we get there. Not not as much as they did, but um, I don't know. It just it took so long. To get to a point, and then when it got to the point, I was like, okay, well, I, oh, I had all that for that. It just didn't, I don't know, it was disappointing it didn't to me. See, yeah, it didn't pay, like I said, it didn't have the same payout that you think it would. Yeah. Um, and you kind of even mentioned this a little bit, but when they when they try and get you to invest in those characters, you, you know, you have to kind of look at the films that have succeeded, and, or sorry, not success, succeeded, <laughs> um, in getting you that investment. Like, for instance, The Blair Witch. That's a perfect example of a movie that succeeds in getting you invested in the characters, but it does it passively. You know what I mean? Yeah. The entirety of the lead up of like, for instance, Blair Witch is them interviewing people and, you know, documenting their journey in this town uh, and, you know, and going into the woods. So you you kind of get this passive like relationship with them where you're like, OK, yeah, I, 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 I feel who this person is. I'm invested in this person's future. But they do so in a way that doesn't seem to take as long as this film did. Um, yeah, I think I think some of what they try to do in this, they could have just woven into the movie itself. You know, I mean, there were just parts where the guy was showing off his new microphone while they were getting high. I'm like, this this has nothing to the movie. This is not adding anything to this. And uh, and it literally, like I said, it made me hate the one girl. I'm like, can she just die already? Can we just kill her? Because she was so fucking annoying. And I mean, because, you know, she was showing jealousy towards the other girl and 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 talking about her. I think she said something about how much she whines about her mom being gone. And I'm like, fuck you. What the hell? I mean, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. And it just I just I, I think some of that could have been woven into the rest of the story instead of so much at the beginning. And uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I really do. I, I think there could have been some better editing. And I, I think I, I like the way they try, you know, how they tried to lay it out with. It was chronological. All right, here's the first media card. Acts Act One. Here's the second. I get that, 
but I just feel like the entire first media card was just like, oh, we didn't need any of that. No, we and, didn't. And it's, you know, and I think it could have been a, a better use of time um, or, or they could have just cut some of the time. So, yeah, but again, absolutely. found footage films to me, I, I go into them and they have to they have to prove themselves to me. Right. And the ones that I like, I really like. I like Blair Witch. I like Deadstream. I like, you know, Creep and 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 Creep 2. And, and uh, I like the VH movies. I really like those. And but but the others, I'm like, I, I don't because they a lot of them, they, they always feel the same to me. And yeah. a lot of the same. And, and this falls into that for me. It didn't do anything that just feels different to me. And, and I don't know. I don't know what they could have. I don't I don't know that they could have. I just don't know if this was the right story for me uh, in, in any way, any way you approach. I just I just don't think I just don't think there was any way for them to make this click for me. So, yeah, honestly, I, one one last thing I wanted to mention, because you said something that made me think of this. But the, I, I get why they did it in the format that they did it, because they said, you know, card one, card two, card three. They did it in a linear time format. You know what I mean? It's yeah. they're doing it. And honestly, they're doing it because they want you to believe that this is really happening. Because in reality, if a police officer were to find these cards or if a detective or whoever the fuck were to find these cards, they would present them or they would upload them to whatever server in chronological order. So, I mean, it logically makes sense. But sometimes with these movies, like you said, you're suspending belief as it is. So you need to suspend logic as well as a filmmaker, because the logical storytelling of this film did not make sense. You know what I mean? And I I very rarely say that. But honestly, had they thrown logic and reason out the door going into this film, it probably would have been a five out of five movie for me because I truthfully enjoyed everything about this movie, except for basically how the movie played out. You know what I mean? And how the movie built up. And but yeah, I won't drag on about it too much. But I definitely think that if they approached it from a nonlinear storytelling perspective, point of perspective similar to Skinamarink, I think that it probably would have been better. Perhaps. I don't know. But um, like you said, I think we're going to have a very differing rating <laughs> for this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, let's go ahead. Uh, you you want to go first or you want me to start? I, I'll let you call it on this one. I'll, I'll let you go first. I'll let you go first, Dave. Let, 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 right. Let's hear let's hear you're out of five rating well, here. Don't don't let this don't let this change your rating mm-hmm. at all. Nope. I did not enjoy the movie at all. I do not have any desire to watch this movie again ever. And I am completely get at ease and comfortable with that. And I am rating this movie a two out of five. I do wow. not like it. Absolutely. Just don't. I, I, do, I mean, I just don't. And if it again, if it hadn't been for that last 10 minutes or so, I there would have been ooh, no redeeming qualities for me. Absolutely none. <laughs> there was nothing else about this movie that was good enough that it, I mean, had I not been watching this for a review, I don't know if I would have finished it. I really don't. I just, it is what it is. So two out of five for me. So like, what are you rating it? Well, I, I definitely didn't give it a two. I gave it a 3.5 out of five. Um, I enjoyed it. There were a lot of things that I really liked about this movie. And in my opinion, there were more good than bad. So I kind of waited out. It wasn't quite a four because I don't think it's on the same level as Skinamarink, which we have rated a four. Um, so I didn't want to give it a four because it's not on the same level of skin and rink at all, but I also didn't want to give it a three because three is that, you know, just standard across the line movie that you love, right? You like it. 
it was good. Maybe even you loved it. Maybe it was really good, but there wasn't anything special about it. To me, I thought this had something special, had a little bit of that razzle-dazzle, so I gave it a 3.5 out of 5. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just I, – I hate to do it, right, because I like – yeah. I like supporting, you know, these independent, you know, movies. I like supporting uh, new creators, and I and I like supporting the the their projects on these streaming platforms. But I I, I can't I can't not be honest about it, right? I, I this right. I have to be frank, and that's okay. And I don't, you know, not that they can give two shits about my opinion, but no one should be offended by it, right? I'm I'm very much saying this is just not for me. It is, it, yeah. Going into it, you know, my gut said it's probably not going to be for me. I was open minded. But it is what it is. And, uh, you know, some people, you know, you enjoyed it. Some people may absolutely love it. That's fine. That's great. You know, it's 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 a movie. Everybody's going to have different opinions. Everybody's going to, you know, has different desires and, and likes. And that's OK. Uh, just for me, did not did not enjoy it. Just yeah, whew, did not. And, you know, again, I I, I, whew, I won't watch it again, but uh, I, I'll probably watch it again because I do feel like I need to watch it again. But no, you're absolutely right. I, I think this is going to be a similar concept to Skinnamarink. This is going to be a very divisive movie. Either you're going to like it or you're going to hate it. And, you know, and that's absolutely fine. And like you said, anytime that we rate a movie poorly, we're not even necessarily saying that the that it shouldn't be watched or that the person who made the film isn't incredibly talented. Because I think both Dave and I can agree um, that, you know, because the person who made this movie was Robbie Banfitch. Robbie Banfitch is an incredibly talented person. I, I think we could both agree to that. You know, he had the yeah, yeah. talent to write a script. He had the talent to make a movie. Even if it wasn't your cup of tea, you do have, you know, we both acknowledge this person was very talented and, and honestly very, I would say, I would go as far as a brave and trying to put this onto format and put it out there for people's consumption. So we do yep. commend him and I want, I want him to do more. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, yeah. I mean, we, just because I enjoyed it, didn't enjoy it, it means nothing, right? I, I'm, I want people to go out there, and I want them to make their their movie and tell the story they want to tell, and yeah. and don't make it because of what they want someone else to respond to or how they want them to respond. Make it what you want, and 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 you know whether it, you know everybody everybody has stinkers, right? Even the biggest filmmakers has have bombs and have movies that don't click. It, it it's it's the way it is. And, um, you know, and again, I, I say it all the time, though, I, nobody should be listening to this podcast or listening to me and formulating their sole opinions based on what I say. Now, you know, go and watch the movie, see what you think of it, you know. But if, you know, if you're not a big fan of found footage, OK, maybe you can think, ah, I probably will side with Dave and maybe I won't like it too much. That's OK. That's all right. You know, but, you know, do what you want to do there. But, uh, you know, if you really like found footage films and uh, then, you know, th then you're you're going to disagree with me. And that's cool. That's just the way it is. So uh, I would, you know, I, I like giving my opinions, but I would rather that, you know, people go out there, watch it for themselves, formulate their own opinions and then give us feedback on what they thought of it. Uh, because even though I didn't like it, I, I hope overwhelmingly everybody likes it. I, I really do, because I want, you know, I want I want them all to succeed because I yeah. want the horror genre and every streaming platform and every production company and every writer and creator and actor that's involved in these things. I want them to succeed because I want it as a whole to rise up. And I want the industry to finally say, this is a thing and this deserves to be on the same level and platform as some of these others and, and, and get the recognition. And, um, and, and, you know, so I, I want them all to succeed. I want everything to succeed. You know, I, I, 
you know, as far as horror goes. I uh, so anyway, that that's what I think of Outwaters. That's what Ike thinks about Out, Outwaters. Uh, you know, do what you will with it. Uh, again, we had you know one of the few times that we had a, a varying rating there, varying opinions, and that's okay. Uh, next week might be another example of that, as we will <laughs> review Winnie the Pooh, Blood <laughs> and Honey. Uh, that might be another one where, uh, where <laughs> oh, I don't know. We may have varying opinions on that too. That's going to be, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun to, to talk about at the very least. Um, so, Ike, before we get out of here, uh, we had our first wise rebuttal. We survived. Um, we, now we, you know, we've, as far as the recording, we've not, you know, gone out of the comfort of our little podcast zone to go, you know, they, I, I don't know. My door is closed. I might step out here and Monica may be standing outside this door. Uh, for the past hour with their arms crossed waiting for me to come. But uh, I know I, I joke, I joke. Uh, but before we get out of here, uh, anything you want to throw in there and add? Um, all of humanity has been judged. <laughs> You're sticking with that one, huh? <laughs> Man, I honestly, like, honestly, I, I'm thinking to myself, like I, when we do our year in review, that's probably going to be like one of my favorite lines out of any horror movie that I've seen this year, hands down. I mean, oh, my God, I still get chills. I saw a, a clip of that movie earlier on uh, another uh, YouTuber's, like, review of it. And I was like, man, that's such a fucking good movie. I can't wait for it to come yeah. out on streaming. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we got a long way to go. Uh, the countdown's still on. Countdown's still on. We're less than a month, I believe, till Scream 6. I, yeah. I cannot wait. Yes. I'm so excited for this movie. Absolutely. I mean, after that passes, I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to count down to now? But uh, I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm hoping Evil it doesn't Dead Rise. Evil oh, Dead yeah, Rise. That? So got, that's that's my next big one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's forgot about that. Uh, so we got some good it. stuff. Got some good stuff. So, yeah, there's still maybe maybe by the end of the year, maybe we'll get some of that Crystal Lake, the, the prequel series. Maybe we'll get some hints of that by the end of the year. Oh, uh, we're still and I'm sure there's still stuff that's you know going to be out there that's we not been announced yet. So oh, yeah. that's that people are working on that haven't had the push. So cannot wait. But uh, in the meantime, in the short time, I'm looking forward to Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. I don't give a crap what anybody says. <laughs> I want to see Pooh and Piglet. <laughs> I want to see what happens. <laughs> if, they, if there is a good kill scene where they kill Eeyore, oh, my gosh. I, I'm telling you, that's going to be fun. Um, but we'll see. We'll talk about that next week. Until then, thank you for joining us. Make sure you subscribe. Follow us on social media. And wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe, and have many pleasant nightmares.